Okay. Hello and welcome to RazorPod. This is your host, Patrick Williams. This is the 21st of October, 2020, and we're coming to you after the Razorbacks 33-21, to uh, surprising and improbable win against the Ole Miss Rebels, uh, courtesy of six turnovers, uh, six interceptions, I guess. Um, so an exciting game in Fayetteville over the weekend. We'll break it all down for you here in the show. A uh, couple of personnel changes that we need to get through before we jump right into game analysis. Uh, Jimmy G, as always, the stalwart Jimmy G, uh, present from Studio South Arkansas. Welcome, Jimmy G. Thank you, Patrick. And uh, Johnny, uh, not available tonight on the DL. So uh, coming in for him off the bench, uh, our good friend Buford Tannen from many years ago. Welcome, Buford. It's been been many years, gentlemen, but I appreciate the uh, the invitation. Grateful to be with you. So uh, subbing for Johnny. Uh, Tom Logan is uh, his flight was delayed from Fayetteville from covering the hogs. So he'll be with us momentarily. And as soon as he jumps on, we'll get his thoughts about the uh, Razorbacks of the weekend. So again, 33, 21, uh, a game that will probably live in uh, Razorback history, I guess, just because it's a weird game. I mean, we're we're up big, then the inevitable comeback happens, and somehow Jimmy G, after the inevitable comeback and the inevitable fifteen or fake punt that everybody in the stadium saw coming, except for the Razorbacks, that somehow worked, and we still end up pulling the game out. So first, you Jimmy G, how did we win that game? Um, well, as you said, the game was uh, pretty crazy. Uh, Six picks from Corral. Uh, Probably could have been eight or nine. Um, We dropped a couple. So, uh, and then, you know, they absolutely had to have a drive. Our offense finally got going. Um, Because that third quarter was some of the most inept offensive play I have seen a Razorback team. <clears throat> execute in a long time, and that's saying something after the – but that third quarter is just a, a mess of how I many Franks looked like he forgot how to play football in the third quarter. And uh, I actually uh, – amazingly, I took some notes <laughs> during the game, um, which I rarely do. So uh, I wrote on the Franks fumble, I was like, Franks oblivious, fumble. And that was the only comment I made. And he was just stumbling around. But when Ole Miss made it, uh, you know, like you said, got into it, we, we had that drive. We had a good, nice drive that ended in the Burks uh, touchdown catch that was the number one, I believe, on Sports Center Top Ten that night. Um, so uh, they did just enough on offense, and Ole Miss did put more than enough to turn the ball over. Uh, with Corral six picks and it was I think the the play that really sticks out is after the um maybe it was after Frank's fumble or is after I think it was the fumble. I think they threw a pick the very next play. Um so it, it and the defense was just always one step ahead of whatever 
uh, Ole Miss's offense was doing, and I still can't believe they didn't ever put Plumley in. That I mean, they alternate Plumley and Corral anyway. I know Corral's their main guy now, and he's the more talented. But Plumley, they haven't actually had him warmed up and ready to go. Like at one point in the third quarter, and they just they still never put him in. Uh, the shades of Jake Delhomme throwing all those picks for Carolina, and then in the playoffs about <clears throat> ten years ago, and the NFL playoffs. So I don't know why they didn't take out. Corral and put try at least try Plumley, but they didn't, and it uh, worked our benefit. And I'm sure somebody else can talk about the fake pun. I'd just be too irate. Uh, I'd like to take this opportunity to welcome to the pod Tom Logan. Welcome, Tom. Thank you, Patrick. Good to be here. Uh, glad glad you could join us, uh, Buford. You next. Uh, Want to go to the negative side with you and ask you to comment on? We got six picks. Uh, I think two of which went back for pick sixes and still we're in grave danger of losing this game. So well, well, Patrick, how, how good are the Razorbacks? Well, that's, uh, uh, I'll comment first on, on the picks. Sometimes it is, it is just better to be lucky than good. Um, and, 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 and in that moment, the Razorbacks, I think, were probably luckier than good, although I will tell you they are good. Um, this defense is legitimate. Uh, it it – it, the the evidence bears it out from last year to this year. Uh, Georgia rolling over just about everybody. The Razorbacks holding them at bay for a half, uh, holding Mississippi State's explosive offense at bay, holding Ole Miss to to I believe zero points in the first half, if if my memory serves me. But if not, uh, uh, somewhat close to that. So the defense is is very good, um, and six picks is is probably more to Jimmy G's point evidence of of poor coaching and poor you know poor substitution on the part of Ole Miss. I would have I would have you yank your quarterback after three interceptions, not not four or five or God forbid six. Um, so I, I think in in that respect, you you do get the benefit of of bad coaching on the Ole Miss side. That is not to diminish that the guys knew exactly where to be when the ball was thrown. They were following the eyes of the quarterback. They understood the the schemes. They knew where to position themselves, and they caught the football. So um, that that is the biggest upside by far of this Razorback football team, but it does not suggest a complete football team for the reasons Jimmy G uh, noted. And I'm sure someone else will talk about on special teams. Offense is sporadic. Special teams is terrible, uh, but the defense is keeping the Razorbacks in games and it won this one. So that's, that's something to, to, to be positive about Patrick. Uh, well, uh, thank you, Buford. In a, in a very unexpected development, uh, much like Wally Pip off the bench, uh, Johnny Fayetteville has joined the pod. Welcome, Johnny. Willis Reed walks back into Madison Square Garden. I don't know how long <laughs> I'll be here, but uh, I, I'll be here as long as I can. Uh, all it took was the threat of a, a sub <laughs> coming in. And John, John, <laughs> can't lose my job i can't lose my job because of the injury <laughs> uh johnny well since you 
did are able to jump on. I know you probably have limited time. I'll I'll let you give your thoughts on the game real quick. Um, great defense. Um, I thought the defense, you know, that, that we're really playing some good zone. Um, developed obviously some depth at, at cornerback. Obviously, we had the Hudson Clark. Yeah, I didn't even know who that he was. Uh, had three picks, freshman of the week. Um, you know, we're losing. You know, Mon- Monteric Buster Brown, probably our best corner. He hadn't played in two games, hadn't played since first half of state game. Um, so we've had some depth, but they just they're playing that zone defense really well and disguising it at times. So uh, kudos to our defensive staff. Uh, you know, pretty easy to say that uh, defensively, uh, we, we've out schemed all of our opponents on our schedule so far this year. Um, Barry Odom's done a, done, done a fantastic job. Kids are playing hard. We mentioned on this this uh, show since the before the season even started, you know that offensive line is is going to be a problem. Um, you know, especially in games like that where you've got a lead, you need to protect it. There were a couple times in that game, similar to to the Mississippi State game, that we needed to be able to line up and say we're running it left, and you better pack a lunch. Struggled to do it. Um, you know, not had Boyd was clearly not a hundred percent. I think that's a factor. I do like Traylon Smith. It's kind of a change of pace, maybe some uh, on some screens. But it, it's the, the shortcomings. Offensively, you know, we're, we're moving the ball in the air. Uh, there's not much else you can say about Traylon Burks. Great talent. He'll play on Sundays. Uh, Frank's got a big arm. Um, those are the good things. Bad things on offense, we said, are the line. And can we stop with the read option with Felipe Franks? It, it, it looks like, you know, a guy with uh, – you know, mechanically rebuilt hips trying to run the option. It's just not a pretty sight. But a, but a good win. Buford, I caught the, I caught the last couple minute, or minute or so of Buford's comments. Clearly special teams, man. That's, it's, 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 it was better, I, I suppose. The fake punt. I mean, I was screaming at the TV with Mrs. Fable saying, I don't care if they down this on the one-inch line. That's better than any kind of fake punt. Every, every, anything but that. And we win. And what do they do? You know, 280-pound lineman runs – rambles 40 yards, gets a big first down, keeps them alive. So, there's good, there's bad. But you know what? What we said so much on this show, at least we're getting better. We're clearly improving. The kids are playing hard. We've got some talent. We've been at some spots. But, um, you know, a lot of positives. And – you know, it's it's what Morris never had. Morris never had that success to point to to say, hey, look, you know, you do what I'm telling you to do, you're going to win some games. And here we sit a month into the season, we should be three and one in ranked, and the kids seem like they believe. And uh, that's, a, that's a huge part of college football is playing hard and, and believing in your uh, – Tom, to you, Johnny kind of – stole the thunder on you were going to get the fake punt right right off the get-go there. But let me kind of tweak the question, let you talk about the fake punt, and then the bigger question for you to address is all the hype that we're seeing this week, Pittman on Scott Van Pelt, um, just a lot of, a lot of chit-chat about the Razorbacks. Is, is that positive or negative if the team that really – has had a lot of good luck, but but maybe isn't all that great fundamentally. 
You know, I, I, I uh, to answer your, your second question first, uh, I think it's positive. Um, I mean, we're, we're two and two at the end of the day, and um, we're getting a lot of a run nationally because people expected us to be 0 and 4. Uh, it's not like we're 4 and 0, and we're afraid we're going to get the big head. Um, I think it's an opportunity for, for Pittman to showcase the program to say that we're developing and getting better and any kind of any, any publicity along those lines is a positive. I, I don't think there's really any real risk of us thinking we're better than we are. I mean, we've, you know, we've won, we've, 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 we've hung with a very good team in Georgia We've beat a team that's kind of been exposed uh, the last couple of weeks in Mississippi State, although part of that probably is because we, we, knocked, we knocked them back and they kind of lost their momentum in that game um, and showed people how to defend them. Um, we, we played an Auburn team, which is compromised in many ways, um, and, and should have won, but we, you know, we still didn't. And, and then we beat an Ole Miss team, which was the toast of the town for losing to Alabama. Um, and, and so, so there's, you know, I don't, I don't really think that this, this coach and this team, given their recent past, is going to suddenly think that we're, we're just going to be rolling people in the SEC. I just, I don't think there's any real risk of that. So, Given that, I don't, I don't, I don't see how the national publicity is anything but a good thing for the program and for Sam Pittman. Uh, he's a great story. He's a great interview. Um, people like great stories. They like, you know, out of nowhere Cinderella stories like Pittman, and and let's ride it as long as we can. Um, I, I do think uh, that his. Um, his inexperience was on display um, with the fake punt at the end of the game. I, it, it, you know, I think Jimmy G said it. It was on Pittman. It absolutely was. It was clearly on our special teams coach too. But our special teams have been awful. And and at that point, if you're Pittman, you got to go to them and say, "Look, I, I don't, just like Johnny said, I don't care if they punt, they field it on the one inch line. That's a win." We, and instead, we had two two guys returning the punt. We had a we had a double punt return on, and 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 the crazy thing is somebody sniffed it out. So there, I can't even remember who it was. Somebody on the on the punt team sniffed it out and slowed the the three hundred pound uh, D lineman down, but there was no one around to clean it up. I mean, if nor if we would have been playing punt save or whatever, there's no way he scores because once he got kind of his momentum gone, somebody should have been there to pick it up. Instead, they're down there, you know, trying to set up a a fair catch. We it was really remarkable. I almost lost it at that point. I thought for sure we, it was going to cost us the game. It really completely arrested the momentum, and. Uh, and, and you know, but for a Grant Morgan pick six, 
on the Latinx possession, who knows how that game ends because our defense was gassed. We weren't, we were struggling. We had just gotten them three, three and out, and then fell for this, you know, hokey fake punt. The only thing that was surprising to me about the fake punt was they, they went for a fake punt. I just thought Kiffin was going to go for it. There was less than six minutes to go, and he was down two scores. He hadn't punted, and I can't remember the last time he had punted. He'd gone from fourth downs everywhere. I know it was fourth and ten. He's not going to punt it. Um, and, and to fall for that was just mind-blowing, uh, really a mind-blowing. The, the only thing more surprising than the fake punt uh, that we fell for – the only thing more surprising than that we fell for the fake punt is that we didn't lose because I was certain <laughs> that we were losing after we fell for the fake punt and they scored 30 seconds later. But, you know, that, that's another testament to the defense. They rose up. Morgan, Grant Morgan playing with one arm. He had had chances to intercept that same ball probably three times in the game. This time he did it and he took it to the house and, you know, that, that was it. That was it. Um, all good comments. Appreciate everybody getting a chance to weigh in. Little programming note, probably no show next week. So what I'd like to do next is just a, a real brief look ahead to Texas A&M and Jimmy G. Even though we're on the bye week this week, I think we ought to go ahead and pick the Texas A&M game. A uh, little bit out of character for RazorPod. We usually like to, oh, Jimmy G, highly disappointed with the uh, curveball. I'm just throwing him. Um if not, we can do it by text. I'll leave that in Jimmy G's capable hands. So let's do it this way. Let's go around the horn really quick. You can either talk about A&M or you can talk about what we need to do during the bye week to get ready for A&M. Johnny, you first. Can't hear you, Johnny. Johnny, I think you're on mute. Nope. You're talking. Get a little. All right, Johnny. We'll. Is that, there you is go. that better? Okay. Sorry about That's that. It. I had a lost bad connection. Um, for the third week in a row, we got to get the special teams lined out. Um, you know, we just got to get that. Got to get that ironed out. We can't have mental errors like that. We're just not good enough uh, to, to overcome. Like like Logan said. You know, as soon as that fake punt ran, I was like, oh god, here it comes. Um, but we've got to get that lined up, and we need to get healthy. We really, hopefully, it will get a little healthy. You know, not having Rakeem Boyd at 100%, it really hurts. Um, you know, need to get uh, Buster Brown back. Uh, Bumper Poole needs to get healthy. And don't forget, you know, he was one of the leading tacklers in the league. He didn't play last week. So, that really helps. So, just, just get everybody back to 100%. Um, and, and really, I mean, you know, Mon, is, Mon puts up some big numbers, but he seems to do much better when they're able to run the football. So uh, I think that we'll be committed to stopping the run and putting the, the, the game on Mond and making him make those reads that we've made Corral and that we've made um, uh, Costello make. So that, that's, that's what I envision is trying to really stone their run and make him matriculate the ball down the field in the passing game. But number one is really, I think, get healthy and get special teams lined up. Okay. Uh, Buford, you're next. Bye week or Texas A&M thoughts? I think um, I like the Hawks' chances actually here. Um, Agree with that. I think I think Jimbo Fisher is an overrated coach. His biggest win at this point is is beating 
an overrated Auburn team at Auburn. Um, and, and I think that, or was it Florida, whichever it was, but, but the point being that, that, but that either team is not, is not a national juggernaut. He's not, he's not dethroned Alabama and he's, and he's certainly not, not made his play yet. I think the worst thing you can have against Arkansas coming, coming into Arkansas is a week off because our coaches have an entire week to think about you. And if our coaches have proven anything, they know exactly how to scheme and exactly how to play defense. And so as long as we protect the football, uh, I think it's an upset special, um, obvious, uh, this uh, next weekend in, in, uh, in wherever we play them. Uh, Jimmy G? Um, <clears throat> Well, first of all, uh, a dude just caught a foul ball at the World Series, and then he turned around in the back with Fox national TV cameras on him, and his shirt, back of his shirt said, uh, not nice swing, uh, word for a female dog. So that was a, that was a high comedy. I'm sure Fox is loving they got that on air. Um, anyway, uh, I, I think a and going to be a tough matchup for the Hogs. I think that uh, since that Florida game, they've gone pretty much to a ground attack with uh, Spiller. And, you know, we placed – we we faced some teams that are going to want to ch- throw it all over the yard and they're not going to be extremely physical against you. Uh, A&M may try that. They also have an off week, I believe. I don't think they're playing Saturday either. So, um, it's – I think it's going to be present a different challenge for Arkansas that we haven't seen yet. Uh I, I don't doubt – I agree that Pittman will have the team ready and focused and uh, prepared to play, but it we have to get healthy because this is a game with – if A&M is going to stick to that formula with the running game, that uh, we've got to have all our parts available on defense. Uh, we can't be banged up. So, off we comes at a good time, but uh, it's just – it's going to be a different challenge. Uh, Logan, let you wrap up the bye week A&M discussion. Yeah, um, it, it is. Um, it, it's going to be really uh, interesting to see how our coaches are able to control that ground game. Uh, I agree with Jimmy G that A and M has has kind of focused on that, and we struggled mightily uh, against the uh, running attack of Ole Miss when they when they used it. Um, but it may may depend also on on who we have back. I mean, we need Cool back. We need Morgan back, um, and healthy. That's going to make a difference. Um, and and Dorian Gerald is he still is he going to be back? Who's that? I'm sorry. The defensive end is he going to be back? Dorian Gerald. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. We we need to have those guys back to to have a chance because. Against Georgia, uh, we were able to slow their run game down. Um, and they beat us in the second half when they brought in Stetson Bennett the fourth uh, from uh, southern uh, southern Georgia. Uh, and uh, he, he threw it all over us. Um, but we were able to control their run, run game, but we were healthy. And the one thing about this team is they're not deep. Um, they have some players, they scheme well, but when it just comes to 
big man on big man football, uh, that's that's not our forte right now. Um, so, you know, the key is going to be winning first downs and forcing um, forcing Kelly Mon- Kellen Mond to, to move the ball, you know, all the way down the field as opposed to in chunks. And that's one thing we've done well defensively. We've, we've forced these guys to continue to make plays over and over again and, you know, settle for a field goal chance or go for it on fourth down, and we've come up with, with big turnovers. I expect that that's what we're going to do again. We're going to, they're going to be able to move the ball between the 20s, and, and we, we're going to try to, you know, force a turnover or two. But, you know, the, the, to me, the, the, the key is do we get our running game on, on, on track? We've been really poor in the running game. Uh, Boyd is off, you know, you can tell he's not healthy. Smith has been pretty good, but we just don't have any, our, our line, I think our line is just not very good. They're just not very talented um, right now. Uh, they're already, they're young and they're inexperienced, whatever, whatever you want to say, we're having trouble getting any kind of push. Um, and so we really need Boyd back healthy and running hard. And, uh, you know, if that happens, we've, we've got a chance. But, but you know, A&M's going to be super talented. Um, we take it to the fourth quarter and we got a shot. That's what we got to – we got to do the old Houston nut game plan right now. We got to take it to the fourth quarter and four fingers in there, as Buford mentions, and, and try to get it – try to get it done. Okay. All good thoughts. Uh, do want to leave – before we leave the game, uh, you brought up Boyd, and that brought back a memory. Boyd dropping the screen pass on a very critical third and seven. Uh, uh, he, key play. He might, he'd still be running. Uh, he had. I mean, he had a that wall. Was, that was, and it was a key point. It was before uh, all the crazy stuff really happened. But you didn't know that. I mean, it felt like we really lost a chance to keep the momentum there. And. I guess I all I would say about it is being so conditioned from the last, I don't know, conservatively six to seven years of Razorback football that when you lose an opportunity like that, it always had huge ramifications. Like, man, if you can't get that first down and keep the drive going, it was usually going to end up in a Razorback loss. So uh, glad it didn't. Uh, sorry for Boyd. He really just looks like a different guy this year. Maybe he can get healthy and, and feel better uh, moving can forward. Can I ask you a question, Patrick? Why do you think that we're so enamored with trying to see if Felipe Franks can run the draw, the, the read option? I know you we're know, having trouble. I know we're having trouble running the ball, and you got to try something different. But damn, man, it's like it's just not I, working. I only noticed it from a what are we doing perspective in this game. I don't know if they ran it more or if he just ran it more ineptly. It it really stuck out in this game. I hadn't really noticed it in the other games, but I guess all the TJ Hammonds playbook has been replaced by, well, well let's do something that can't possibly be as damaging as what the TJ Hammonds <laughs> reverses are. So we're just going to run Franks around the end and have him pick up a half a yard because I, I don't know. I You make a good point. I don't know what they're thinking that's going to accomplish. He's not committed to it. You can tell in his body language. He takes like three 
a step toward the line and then falls down because he doesn't want to get smoked. So it's not effective. I'd just as soon give Traylon Smith those carries or a screen pass to Burks or Knox or somebody or, or Davion Warren. Um, it, it's it's not good. And Browse obviously is a uh, – it's a work in progress. So with all that, Jimmy G, I'm going to turn it over to you to take us through the next segment on the picks. All right. Um, well, uh, you know, I'm always uh, – one of my strengths is adapting on the fly. So, uh, now that I've discovered what's going on, we're going to uh, jettison the SEC game of the week uh, for this Saturday, and we'll just replace it with the Arkansas A&M pick because the SEC slate is just abysmal this week. So, um, we'll uh, start off in the ACC. Um, all our matchups this week are top 25 on top 25 crime. Uh, even though the matchups will not sound like it. Uh, first, ACC, the Battle of the Tar Heel State. Uh, North Carolina State visiting North Carolina. Uh, NC State somehow is ranked. Uh, they're 23rd. Tar Heels have fallen out of the top five after their uh, loss at Florida State um, Saturday night. Uh, so they're, I think they're 14th this week in the poll I looked at. Just a stunning turn of events in Tallahassee. North Carolina fell way behind, made a big comeback, and then their last drive, I think they dropped three consecutive passes to end the game, uh, all of which would have been easy first downs and they were in Florida State territory. I would have loved to have uh, seen the write-ups and have been involved in uh, sports talk radio for the Tar Heels this week. Just what a calamitous set of events. Um, so, NC State and North Carolina. I don't even know who's around. It looks like everybody's gone. Uh, Patrick. Uh, NC, UNC burned me last week. Um, was high on their chances against Florida State. Um, high enough to – literally high enough to put some money on them at the sports book. Uh, that didn't end well. Um, had a bad week in the ACC and Patrick Williams Sports Investing LLC. So, um but I, I'm going to pick them to get back on the horse. Going UNC to win the battle in North Carolina. Uh, get back on their point scoring uh, ability. 45 UN, UNC, NC State, 33. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. I think Carolina bounces back. Uh, NC State, they, they, I mean, until proven otherwise, they're always a fraud. Um, so, uh, in their up years, they're going to be seven and five or eight and four. And in their down years, they're going to be five and seven, four and eight. So something like that. So I'll go, I'll bounce, Tar Heels bounce back um, 35 to 21. Buford, what do you think? Tar Heels State battle. Yeah, Tar Heels State battle. Great, great in state rivalry. Uh, North Carolina's got a big offense, great quarterback. Suffered a bit of a struggle last week. I think they they rebound here. I think you got a forty-two to seventeen situation. Pro Tar Heels. Tom Logan. I'm gonna go with the Tar Heels. I I think they're probably they were certainly probably overrated at five, but uh, but they are a good football team. Probably a top fifteen football team. Really showed some moxie coming back against Florida State and did everything but win the game at the end. Um, I like North Carolina here 
They're going to score a bunch of points, 49-24 for North Carolina. Okay. Um, I think Johnny may have had to leave us. So, he, uh, yes. Right, so, so he we'll, can submit picks by text? Sure, sure, you can. Or you can just individually email them to our listeners. So, however he wants to do it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, hey, Patrick, Big Ten football is back. Uh, it is it, now. It feels like football season. Now it feels like football season. Well, We're chilling the excited. air, Jimmy G. It's gone from eighty-five to eighty-one. Yeah, in Little Rock. Really, uh, not in South Arkansas. We mid-eighties though. We have dropped down <laughs> mid-eighties. Um, so uh, we had several Big Ten matchups to choose from. Uh, sorry to disappoint our loyal listener, and uh, I, I think a guest host. Uh, uh, on one or two occasions, born red. Uh, we are not going to be covering the Nebraska Ohio State game tonight. So, uh, but I think our listeners know which way we would all lean. Uh, if it was game day pick segment, they just put all the Ohio State helmets up and move on. So, uh, we're going to do the primetime matchup Michigan at Minnesota. Both teams ranked, both teams uh, ready to roll, get this season going. Uh, I know Patrick knows, and I know. Buford knows, and I know Tom knows about Row the Boat with uh, PJ Fleck. I think is Bo Mattingly still doing that uh, behind the scenes show with PJ? Is that still happening? It was that just uh, a couple of years ago. <laughs> I don't all right. Know. Well, all right. So we're going to let uh, Patrick be the anchor leg here for the Big Ten matchup of the week. Um, so let's start out with Tom. Big Ten, Michigan, Minnesota. Boy, you know, I mean, it's uh, – I never thought I'd, I'd really say this, but it's kind of nice to have Big Ten football back. Um, <laughs> Michigan, Minnesota. Um, you know, this This feels like the kind of game that Michigan's going to lose. You know, they're, they're, they're back playing football. There's all kinds of distractions. Um, I think that um, – that there was like this confusion. Apparently, some of the Michigan students are have to be have to shelter in place. Yet the football team gets to go to Minnesota. I'm not sure how that works, but um, it, it, you know, and and Jim Harbaugh is he just seems like he's just kind of flailing right now. And Michigan, um, they certainly have the talent. We don't know anything about these teams really at this at this point in the season, but. You know, I'm, I'm going to go with Minnesota. I, I think they're going to be more prepared. Um, they're going to be ready to play, more fired up to play. And if this was later in the season, Michigan probably gets them. But first game out of the shoot, here it is, October uh, 24th. I think I think Minnesota and the boat may be rowing all over Harbaugh and uh, the Wolverines. So I'm going to go with uh, – with Minnesota, twenty to sixteen. Well, and, uh, the sports books are also glad to have the Big Ten back because now there'll be some unders that hit. So um, <laughs> we're uh, good to go there. Um, Buford, what do you think, Minnesota and Michigan? You know, it's it's I'm, I I agree with Logan. Uh, thrilled to have Big Big Ten football back. It's great. Uh, I, I, I hope everyone stays COVID free. Um, I'm going to pick this on 
on different terms. First of all, I, I want to acknowledge Minnesota for managing the pandemic, Michigan, which is not. There is a shutdown in Michigan. The only people at the University of Michigan who can come out and and leave their dormitories are the football team. So fuck them. Let's root for the Golden Gophers. I pick the Golden Gophers <laughs> by whatever the spread is, Jimmy G. That's I've not checked the uh, uh, the Glance Culver line, Patrick. You're the. Uh, have you checked Glance Culver? Uh, no, I have not. Um, and nor have I checked the Oakland line, which you know would be two points less favorable for whatever team you wanted than Glance Culver would be. So, I honestly have no idea. Who's Has Oakland ever get the odds out of Eastern Europe? I know they get them out of some Eastern Europe uh, country. So <laughs> they they get them there, and then they automatically tease them the <laughs> wrong way before they even put them on the machines. So I, I, well, I, I couldn't even tell you. I had lunch with Friday night guy today, who was urging a trip to the sports book on Friday. And he had all these Big Ten ideas and said, I wouldn't bet a game in that league. You have no <laughs> idea how anybody's going to be. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm just going to take Michigan. Um, I don't feel good about it. But uh, I, I'm going to take the Wolverines because I think Minnesota lost most of their offense last year that was uh, so powerful. So, I'm going to say they struggle. And Michigan will have enough of a defense that the new parts on Minnesota's offense will struggle. Um I'm going to say Michigan 23, Minnesota 17. All right, Patrick. All right. Uh, bonus points to any pod crew member that can – it's early. It's first game of the year, but it is a Big Ten trophy game. So, anyone want to pipe up what the uh, trophy is on the line in this game? Well, uh, Patrick is the Reese Davis of this crew. Do you have a $100 bill on the line for this like Reese does? Yeah. No, I do not. <laughs> well, then I'm uh, not, not Jimmy G, we're, we're not dealing in cash in Razor Pod these days. That's that's dangerous. That's uh, ricin, man. You can't do that. The ball peen hammer game. <laughs> you're close. You're, you're, it's, 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 a, it's not. It's not right? Paul. But it's not Paul. Well, Bundy, and that it's, it's a three word. It's a three word answer. Sorry, Jimmy G. Go ahead. The little green get goblet. I don't know. What oh, the... much closer. Buford, you want to take a shot? I. What's the who? Who are the teams? What? What's <laughs> the trophy? Minnesota. What's the trophy at stake in Minnesota, Michigan? Uh, is that the the little little blue axe? Oh, oh so close. We're all around. Little, little brown jug. Little brown jug. The little brown jug. Well, game. I was I was I got little right. So, as always, Big Ten has trophy games. This this year on week one of their college football season, a trophy at stake. So, Little Brown Jug, real quickly, taking Michigan. Uh, again, don't have any idea what this league's going to be like, except we know Ohio State's going to be good. I think it's going to be a grab bag of, of everybody else. Wisconsin may be okay. Um, Penn State will probably be decent. Other than that, I just – I got no idea – who's going to be in kind of that middle range. This feels like a premier sleeper game from about week eight of a normal season. So Michigan, uh, 22, Minnesota, 17. 
I think we can, Michigan State can count on getting a win because I think they play Rutgers Saturday. So um, the Spart- Sparty will probably be off to a good start. Um, all right, what's a, a big top 15 matchup or maybe close to it? Uh, Cincinnati in the top 10. Um, the Bearcats with Luke Fickle at the helm visiting uh, a school that's really taken off after Chad Morris departed. Uh, no, not Arkansas, SMU. Uh, they're ranked 16th in the polls. Uh, I believe they're undefeated. So, basically, um, and it's at SMU. I'm not sure if they're playing at Texas Stadium. or That may have been torn down with the old Orange Bowl. But uh, we're going to Cincinnati at SMU. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'll go first. Um, I, I'm going to take the Bearcats. I like what SMU's doing. They've got a couple of good wins. I know they've beaten Memphis already this year. Uh, but Cincinnati looks like the real deal. They could be a contender for that uh, New Year's Six spot for the Power Five team. I mean, the group of five teams. So, um, and I think that defense will uh, contain SMU. And uh, I'm going to take the Bearcats and Luke Bickle. Since uh, uh 34, SMU 24. Patrick? I'm going SMU here. Get a little difference between you and me, Jimmy. Uh, Watched them against Tulane. Had to eke out a win there. But uh, like what Sonny Dykes is doing, um, just impressed with SMU. So I'm going to have them go in and and beat the top ten Bearcats. High-scoring game. Uh, Let's do a a 43-41 SMU win. All right. Uh, AAC action. Uh, I think Memphis and UCF just played a crazy uh, game uh, last week that was high scoring. Um, Buford, Cincinnati, SMU, thoughts? Cincinnati's a very, very good football team, um, which is which is always a consistent until their coach graduates to a bigger conference. That's proven to be the same thing for SMU. So, Jimmy G, what do we do with two coaches who don't, know how to coach at the next level. I think you pick the better quarterback. SMU has it. I agree with Patrick Williams. SMU takes this game 24-21. Tom Logan? Uh, I'm going to go with the Bearcats. Um, I watched a fair amount of that SMU two-lane game. Uh, Ellinger uh, transfer from Texas for SMU is a very good quarterback. Uh, it's probably Bouchel. I'm sorry. You mean Bouchel? I mean Bouchel. Yeah, the, the other guy. Uh, Dellinger's still at Texas. Bouchel, the transfer from Texas, is a good quarterback, and uh, and he he's been playing well. And I I agree that Sonny Dykes has done a very good job with that with that team. I think Cincinnati's just a little better football team right now. Um, SMU not quite ready for prime time. Uh, yet, uh, and, and I think Cincinnati goes in and wins it. I do. It, it should be a fun game, competitive game. I'm going with the Bearcats, 38-35. All right. Uh, the marquee uh, national game this week uh, looks like Iowa State at Oklahoma State. Uh, Oak State now ranked fifth or sixth in the country. Uh, more by attrition in the Big 12 than anything that Oklahoma State's done particularly well. 
and then Iowa State after that uh, opening loss to Louisiana, uh, as they like to be called, or Louisiana Lafayette, as most people know them, um, has bounced back quite well. They got a big win on a primetime showcase over OU a couple of weeks ago. So Iowa State visiting Stillwater, um, first place in the Big 12 on the line, along with uh, K-State, who has not lost since uh, – they're undefeated in the Big 12. Their only loss was the Arkansas State. So, um, kind of a, a changing the guard a little bit in the Big 12 this season. Iowa State at Oklahoma State, Buford. Boy, you know, I tell you, Jimmy G, it's it's interesting. I, I know Iowa State's very excited about, about their coaching hire and about the future of that program. But, man, this is going to annoy you, Jimmy G, Oklahoma no. State is a very good football team. I mean, yeah, that is they are team. far better than your Oklahoma Sooners. Easy now. I mean, that is there, – <laughs> there, is, there is something happening with the Cowboys that I don't even – I don't even know that you understand or perhaps may cause you to spontaneously combust. Well, so I know they have your favorite coach, Mike I would say Oklahoma State is – Headed for headed for the Big Six, if not the playoff. <laughs> Oklahoma State fifty-two, Ooh. Iowa State twenty-nine. Well, I know you're a big Mike Gundy fan, Buford. I know you guys have a lot in common. We so. have nothing in common. I don't think he has <laughs> any business doing anything other than coaching college football. But that's not the purpose of my appearance on this show, Jimmy okay. G. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, Patrick Williams, what's going on uh, with uh, this game? Your uh, uh, soccer home state going, team going to clown country. Um, I think uh, Iowa State Road Dogs here, three point Road Dogs. So, uh, given the the home team advantage, you know what that means. Jimmy G means the odd makers think these teams are dead even. That's so, true. I think that's what's going to happen, and I think the Clowns are going to take it to overtime, and I think they're going to win by a touchdown. Iowa Ooh. State, 37. Oklahoma State, 33. Sorry, 30. 30. Uh, that was the exact same score as the Iowa State OU game. It's 37-30. So that would be very interesting. Um, <laughs> Tom Logan. I'm going to go with Oak State here. Um Iowa State is is well coached. Um, they're no they're no easy out. Um, stumbled against Louisiana Lafayette, or as I like to call them, Southwestern Louisiana. Uh, when I when I was growing up, University of Southern Southwestern Louisiana. That that was the real uh, raging Cajuns back in those days. Um, but. Um, but I, I, I think Oklahoma State goes in and wins. Playing good football right now. They're in a little bit of a roll. Um, they're they're going to almost certainly stub their toe a time or two. I just don't think it's this weekend. Um, I like Oklahoma State 42 to 38. Yeah, and we'd be remiss uh, if we don't want to leave out uh, UL Monroe, which, uh, as we all know, is Northwest Louisiana back in the day. So, uh I believe they're now the uh, War Hawks uh, is their nickname. It's a made-up bird as opposed to the, what we can't say anymore what their name used to be. All right. Uh, I'm going to take Iowa State 
for no other reason than I refused to pick Oklahoma State. So, Ooh, first, uh, first, is this the first spike pick of the season, Jimmy G? It is the first spike pick of the year, yes. Um, so, we're going to say uh, I was – oh, good. Home run raise. Someone hit their over uh, tonight. The raise over <laughs> four and a half runs. Thank you. Live on live sports betting talk on Razor Pod. So, I've hit one eight hundred Razor Pod for your winning guaranteed winning picks. I had uh, I, I bet there would be a run scored in the first inning. A raise home run delivered, and I bet the raise would score over four and a half runs delivered. So, and all by the fifth inning. So now I can just sit back and enjoy and. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Iowa State 31, Oklahoma State 26. All right, uh, let's get to Arkansas and A&M, which is, again, for our listeners, who they all know this probably, but uh, it's not this Saturday, the 24th. It'll be on Halloween, um, maybe in the evening. Uh, maybe we could have uh, Shades of Billy Cannon's Midnight Punt Return on Halloween night. We could have our own version. Uh, sadly, with Razorback special teams, it would probably be the – uh, the team we did not want to do it, but oh, dare to dream! Arkansas could recreate Billy Cannon's uh, midnight Halloween run punt return to win the game and maybe lead to a national championship, like it did for the uh, uh, Bengal Tigers back in 1958. So or 59, I'm sure exactly which of those two years. But uh, I'll go first. Uh, I'm going to disappoint our. Uh, fellow pod members and our audience i i i'm gonna pick a&m i don't something i'm not the Pittman and the coaching staff will be ready to play i think it helps the week off getting healthy um i i just don't feel like we're gonna get the bounces against a&m it'll be a tight game they're only lost so far as to alabama no shame in that uh i agree with uh, what buford had said about jimbo fisher he is very overrated um, he, Florida State was trending in the wrong direction when he left that program to go to A&M. And uh, you can see the problems they're still having now. So uh, the UNC game notwithstanding last Saturday night. Uh, but I just, I don't know. I don't feel real good about it. Maybe if we uh, pick next week, I might feel a little bit different. And uh, I, I also wonder, I think this may be the game more in peril for the Razorbacks than any because I think an off week, is the uh, would be the scariest time for a coaching staff with players because you know they're going to have a, an extra week to go out and do things the college kids do, <laughs> and uh, so I'd be I'd be worried about the COVID situation at Arkansas during an open date because you just never know what they're get where they're who's going to travel home who's going to be off campus who's going to be doing what so hopefully this game goes off uh, on Saturday the thirty first so um, but. Barring that, I'm going to take A&M, uh, lower scoring game, uh, 20 to 14, A&M. Patrick? Uh, man, I was going to kind of wait and see how you jumped, um, but I just can't do it. I, I just can't pick the hogs yet. I'm just – I'm a believer – but I'm not a believer enough to think that they can go down to Kyle Field and, and win this game. Uh, A&M's look good. They, they, like you said, lost a lost Alabama. No shame in that. Beat Florida. Just it just doesn't feel like another game where we're going to get these crazy numbers of picks and 
interceptions and bounces. And I just don't, don't feel that way about this game. The only thing that causes me to think about picking the Razorbacks is the law of averages, just how many excruciating ways we've lost to this team over the last seven or eight years, but we're not ready. So I'm going to pick Alabama or A&M. 33, Razorbacks, 24, valiant effort comes up short. Tom? Um, you know, I, I picked um, <clears throat> I picked Ole Miss last week. Uh, I had picked the Hogs, I think, the two weeks prior. Uh, I thought Ole Miss was a bad matchup for us, and uh, it turned out I was, I was wrong, um, at least for the, for the pick. Um, I, you know, I'm going to go with the Hogs. I'm going back on the Hogs train. Um, I'm not a, I'm still not a believer in A&M. And as Patrick said, we haven't, we haven't beat A&M since Petrino was our coach. So we've lost to them. This, this would be nine in a row uh, if we lost this year. Um, we haven't beat, beat them since '11. It just seems like it's it's our time, and I could see if we if we start out early and have some success, uh, I think that that A and M team is going to get a little bit antsy over there, and Jimbo is just not the answer for calming the crowd. Um, and, and, you know, we we have we've put up a, a really game effort every game. I expect us to do it again. Um, I expect our defense to be healthy, and our offense has got to has got to do something. They got to be better than they are, um, and hopefully we'll get it. So I'm going to go with uh, we'll go with the Hogs. Um, defense carries us twenty to uh, thirteen. All right, and. All right. Uh, uh, stepping in for Johnny tonight, of course, is uh, Buford, and uh, we've had the lineup. We had to do some changing with sponsors for the uh, final pick. Uh, Buford is a uh, Little Rock native, so um, we couldn't get a Blast Department Store on board, but we did have a company that uh, has recently gone out of business, but they did set a little bit of money aside for one final ad push to, to, in, in memoriam, uh, Frankie's Cafeteria. No. Uh, Stepped in for uh ah, to do to do wow. a, little, a little posthumous advertising. Wow. Um, wow. So yeah, uh, I and I don't like custard pie, but uh, my mom, who's also a Little Rock native, that was her favorite uh-huh. dish at Frankie's with a custard pie for dessert. Uh-huh. Um, it's so been uh, probably the best pie in all of Little Rock. Oh, you, have to to, you have to go to Cuz Fishers in North Little Rock to find better pie. <laughs> Oh, and then I, and my mom would tell me that people in North Carolina didn't really like to cross the river too much in her day. They didn't really like to figure out which way they go. Oh. So, uh, but Buford, uh, Frankie stepped in. Uh, sadly, since they're out of business, they don't have any of that wonderful fried fish, cod, um, oh, that was the uh, spinach, and the three three plate uh, meat and three special with your custard yeah. pie. You yeah. can you can almost taste it. So, Buford, we're gonna yeah. let well, you. I tell you, I tell you right now, Jimmy G. I, I sure would love to have a, a meet and three, uh, but I, that's 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 been denied me. I will tell you, who's going to win this football game? The Razorbacks are going to win this football game, Jimmy nice. G. And the reason, the reason why, thank you, 
to Tom Logan to avoiding being a being part of that the hater raid culture of <laughs> Razor Pod. Um, this is this is this is very much about coaching, and these tracks don't. We know they don't put the best talent on the field. We know that that's not anybody's fault. We know the O line is weak. We know special teams are not performing. But when given time, we have the best coaching staff and a talent pool that is willing to be coached. And they're going to be willing to be coached against AM. And let me tell you something our staff is paid significantly less than Jimbo Fisher. And they are better at what they do. Always take preparation over hype, Jimmy G. Razorbacks win. It's going to be close. It's going to be close. 24-21, Suey Pig. Well, I like that we finished on a couple of Razorback picks after uh, – Patrick and I were uh, downers. I feel bad now. Um, I, obviously, I can't go back and change my pick. But uh, if Arkansas does win, uh, there may be some chicanery in the accounting of uh, somebody's uh, win total for their picks. But uh, we'll leave that for a couple weeks from now. Uh, Patrick, uh, let's throw it back to you. All right. Well, thank you, Jimmy G. I appreciate you uh, being willing to adjust on the fly. And uh, to my curveball, as far as the uh, next week's show not happening, Tom Logan, we have mail. Oh, we sure do, uh, Patrick. And uh, always good to hear from the Razor Pod loyal listeners. Um, it's also good to hear, you know, positive emails. We haven't had that really for three to four to eight years. Uh, it goes, the time goes by. Um, our friend Tracy in Tulsa wrote in, um, talks about the great effort on the goal line stands. I mean, when's the last time the Razorbacks stuffed two fourth and ones at the goal? I mean, just tremendous effort uh, there. Fourth, four out of 16 on third down were the Ole Miss Rebels. Um, you know, the interceptions and all that sort of thing. And, and Tracy mentioned what stood out to him, and, and I think we mentioned this earlier, is – the offense didn't do much, but we absolutely had to have it. They went on an 11-play, 70-yard, four-minute, 30-second scoring drive um, to really change the momentum of the game. And uh, and but for the the fake punt uh, trickeration, uh, probably would have been what everybody was thinking was talking about with uh, Burks's great. Great catch. So good, good points by Tracy. Our friend Ken uh, wrote in glad he was wrong about Ole Miss. He had picked the Rebs, of course, last, last uh, week as I did. Um, he also mentioned that uh, his, uh, the Razor Pod mentioned his, uh, his, one of his earliest Razorback sports memories, uh, the 82 SMU game. He was at that game in person. Our friend Ken was, um, Still remember the look his uh, his mom gave his dad after the non after the pass interference call to try to uh, keep him from losing it on the sidelines. But I wouldn't blame him if he did. Um, one takeaway that I thought Ken mentioned that was interesting was 
you know, eight-man zone defenses, these these new spread offenses, they just don't see that very often. Um, most of these defenses like to man people up, pr- play press coverage, and it seems like we've kind of taken a step back um, in the history books, and it seems to be um, bamboozling them uh, in, in a very good way for the Hogs. So good point, Ken. Thanks for thanks for writing in. Um, we also got a, a mailbag from our friend Rutt. I haven't written in a while. Um, he notes that uh, he was appreciative that Pod mentioned Little Rock Christian High. Lots of <laughs> going through that, uh, hallowed hall, Buddy Coleman uh, included. Uh, lots of uh, Razorbacks from the Nut era uh, also uh, went through there that really changed the uh, dynamic of the program. Um, and uh, but he but but Rutt uh, mentions the uh, the difficulty with special teams and the fact that um, you know getting better every day is a real key but it doesn't seem like our special teams are getting better and that that's a that's obviously a huge problem probably ultimately cost us the in addition to the officiating but the Auburn game has put a lot put the Mississippi State game in, the Mississippi game in, in jeopardy. Um, it'll be interesting to see if we, we take some time in the bye week and, uh, and get that rectified. I'm not sure what the, what the answer is. We may have light talent in special teams because we're very thin otherwise. So maybe we're playing guys who, who don't otherwise play. Um, but it is a, it's a real concern. And, uh, Hopefully we can we can improve that as we have the defense and offense over the uh, past uh, few weeks. So anyway, that's the mailbag for tonight, Patrick. Back to you. Thank you, Tom. As always, uh, appreciate your handling the mailbag. Uh, you know, it's always always good to see some different listeners on the uh, the mail, which is a good thing. Means we've got a broad and shall I say diverse. Uh, listener group, which is great for the Razor Pod. You know, only going on 18 years of building our clientele, build, building our listenership. So it's just good to hear from some different names. So uh, glad we could have that. Um, all right. Well, now we're we're into the home stretch of Razor Pod. Uh, Buford, as tonight's honored guest, not only do you have you had the uh, the Frankie's sponsorship in your to you. You also get to be our leadoff rant tonight. Well, Patrick, I, I don't, I don't have a rant. I have a, I have a, a an acknowledgement, which is to say that I am grateful to. It has been years since I've joined this this august body, and I think that it is, it is one of, it is the preeminent Razorback sports podcast in the state of Arkansas. It's an honor to to be a part of it. I love the engagement with Jimmy G, with Tom Logan, with Johnny Fayetteville, with Patrick Williams. Uh, the people of Arkansas do well when Razorpod does well. So that is all that I can, I can say about that, Patrick. And thank you for having me as a, as a guest. Life is fleeting as are my moments on Razorpod. 
Well, Buford, uh, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for uh, filling in for Johnny, um, even though Johnny apparently needed no filling in for. So um, there, there's nothing wrong with, with an extra guest. I believe you join uh, the ranks of the only two-time special guest on RacePod, Jimmy G, uh, RacePod historian. You might want to back me on this. Uh, I'm going to say yes. Believe- I don't. I, I believe we've had uh, Tracy as a special guest. I believe we've we've had Buford. I believe we've had Stat Boy. Um, perhaps FNG has made a, a special guest appearance, but never. Uh, Rico, I think Uncle Rico made a long ago. Rico, I think he was only at one time. Uh, Rico uh, threatened to be a two timer tonight. In fact, he was. Uh, going to follow me out to the parking lot and uh, join the pod involuntarily. But uh, luckily I I shook left at the concession stand and ditched him on the way out. So he's probably still looking. Um, Just like Saturday Night Live hosting Buford, you're, you're in the running now. You can be Steve Martin in in several years. We have you back. No, raise a glass to you, Patrick. Raise the <laughs> uh, Tom or Jimmy G, do you have a rant? Uh, yeah, I'll jump in. Um, uh, Arkansas fans need to slow down just a tad. If you listen to the sports radio here, and I've listened to uh, a little bit of it going to work and on the way home, um, it is nice to be two and two and competitive and not be a national joke. But the taunting and the uh, arrogance and the peacock strutting that is going on with Arkansas fans and uh, even some of the sports radio hosts and stuff, uh, let's, let's just step back. We've, we're two and two, as I think Tom mentioned uh, earlier on the show, and we're not on the fast track to the college football playoff just yet. So I think it's – it's great that we should enjoy this and have fun with it, but all the, like, um, the preening and yipping at other teams and talking all this trash, because first of all, for the last five or six years when teams beat us, they didn't really celebrate it too much because it wasn't like a big deal to beat Arkansas. So it's not like teams are out there just openly looking to talk trash about Arkansas football. So the fact that we win a couple of games and we start calling out teams and programs that were certainly not calling us out in any way, shape, or form is uh, probably time to take a step back. And I know, and I love, I'm a huge Razorback fan. I love being from Arkansas. But our fans are not exactly known for being the most rational and calm, as are any other, like Alabama fans or LSU fans or whoever. Um, But still – when you've been as bad as we've been, yeah, puff your chest out, have a little bit of fun, but like demeaning other programs at this point, it's maybe a little early for that. <laughs> That's a good rant. I, I couldn't agree with you more. It, it, and maybe it's just been so long since we've won anything, but it just feels really tone deaf to be popping around like we are. And, you know, okay. I love our social media guys, I guess, it's the thing now to have sort of the edgy social media voice of your team, but you know, the, the lane train, the Thomas, the train running into the ditch, that was a little much. Um, And 
I'll just jump in. We'll call this my rant, even though it's not really one. I got a, I've actually got a newfound respect for Lane Kiffin because we kind of put it in his face, like Jimmy G was saying. That guy's handled it nothing but with class this week. He congratulated Hudson Clark on getting a scholarship on Twitter. He's he's just responded every time I've seen him in a soundbite after that game. You know, tough game. They're well coached. They play hard. They got good kids over there. I mean, and I know he's now finally been around coaching long enough to know not to create bulletin board materials, but I honestly feel like he he handled that game, losing that game, and us being peacocks about it about as well as anyone could have. So um, it's not really a rant. It's just an observation. I, I actually kind of pull for Lane Kiffin going forward at, for this year. And I, I would add, too, after, after listener email, um, I, I don't know. I remember maybe it was the uh, Rudd that talked about special teams and uh, I, whoever that I, as a high school football historian, I think Rudd conference special teamer himself, Little Rock Central High School back in the nineties. I maybe even third team all conference, but just uh, so uh, he is certainly uh, qualified to discuss special teams. So uh, thank you, uh, loyal listener Rudd, for. Uh, the special teams comments, because I know you're a qualified expert on that. And anyone else, uh, maybe Jim Harris, if he's listening, could tell us if he was honorable mention all-conference or third-team all-conference. So, um, <laughs> there any listeners. So, again, thank you for the engagement. <laughs> Tom Logan, you have a rant? No, I don't. I, I would uh, I, I, I would also build it on your comments, Patrick, echo um, positive um, impression that Lane Kiffin left in his post game and otherwise, um, you know, things, you know, it's one thing to, to, um, to say all the right things after the game. It's another thing to follow that up with positive tweets and such that were, you know, he didn't need to do it, but, um, yeah, my, my sense is he probably has kind of a soft spot for the hogs given that he was here for a period of time with his dad and, um, I think that I think that showed. You know, I I love the fact I didn't love it at the time because it was driving me crazy because they converted so many fourth downs in the Razorback game. But, you know, he he's going to go for it when it's when it's fourth and reasonable. He's going to go for it if he's got a reason to. And those aggressive plays paid off. And I think when we were all watching the Alabama Georgia game. We saw how a, a, a lack of aggression really changed that game with Kirby Smart. Uh, and Jimmy G mentioned this when we were watching it. There's a fourth and five, fourth and three, even on the other side of the 50. And he he's just he, he's still living in 19, you know, in 1997. And ultimately, he lost the momentum of that game and, and he couldn't get it back. So. I appreciate his, uh, his, uh, you know, his, his aggressiveness and uh, his post-game commentary. So that's all I got to say. Good. All right. Anybody have any extra points before we close the show for tonight? Again, no, no show next week as uh, Tom Logan will be on the road as will 
Patrick Williams. So uh, just uh, no way to logistically get this done. Although tonight the show was run from a, a vehicle uh, in the Forest Heights Junior High parking lot. So perhaps it's not so unreasonable to try and run it from four states away from Arkansas. I don't know. But A&M picks are in, in the can. We're not going to revisit that, much like Wally Hall in his column. This one's put to bed, as is next week. Not changing it, no matter what happens. And uh, so with all that, we'll bid you good night. And congrats to the Razorbacks. We'll look forward to getting back to you in two weeks after the A&M game. Go Hogs. All right. We're done. Thanks. Enjoy it. See y'all.